Welcome to Livestream News. I'm Ross Brand from LivestreamUniverse.com. And my guest today is Wagner Dos Santos. Wagner is a brand strategist, social activation marketer, and public speaker with 20 years of experience, a pioneer in the online space. At age 17, he designed, built, and launched two popular online services that paved the way for AOL and the internet. Wagner runs the Wagner Agency, previously served as president, CEO, and founder of Beloved, a national award-winning marketing agency. Wagner hosts Wagner Live Insights weekdays on Periscope, providing viewers with the same type of marketing insights he shares each morning with his agency team. He also hosts the Midweek Marketing Wrap-Up, is it the marketing midweek wrap up or the midweek marketing wrap up? Wrap up. I, I I haven't gotten it right on my update, so maybe I'll you know, ask you in person. <laughs> you know, when I when I started this show, I was getting it confused. <laughs> it's it's the marketing midweek wrap up, and that's Wednesday night, seven p.m. Eastern on Facebook yes. Live. And you also host uh, an interview series that's a, both a podcast. And a live video show. And Wagner is also the winner of seven American Advertising Awards, recognized as the 2010 Most Influential Businessman uh, nominee by the Orlando Business Journal. He's trustee and past president of the American Advertising Federation of Orlando. And he's also a contributing writer for the Orlando Business Journal. And put all that aside, you're also a musician. <laughs> this is quite true. Yep. Tell us and a little I, bit about I, your your music background before we get into the uh, the live streaming yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'd be glad to. So, um, I started. Well, I guess I started in music very young. I was uh, seven years old, maybe five when I started showing an interest in music, but seven when I started taking formal piano lessons, and then at the age of nine. I was accepted to the Brooklyn Conservatory of Music, where I studied um, composition, music theory, uh, classical piano, uh, flute, and violin. Now, I didn't last very long with the violin because as much as I loved the instrument, it was incredibly uncomfortable to to uh, to adjust on my on my shoulder, and I was just frustrated. Uh, but I continued with the flute for about eight years um, and piano for about 14 um, had a private coach after that. And then into my teenage years, uh, I moved into more rock based stuff. And, and that, that, uh, that happened mostly because as a young teen, I noticed that girls that I was interested in weren't really, they didn't really find the whole classical music very sexy. My teachers did. Really? And I didn't want to date my teachers, especially not that age. Um, so, you know, I wanted, you know, I wanted the girls to think I was cool. So then I started getting into, you know, to date myself, new wave punk and, um, and then worked my way up in that area and legitimately um, became a, um, a recording artist. I sang for a couple different bands in New York City, recorded uh, some albums. Um, but also, long story short, um, I also worked on the record business side. I was an A&R rep for uh, some major labels um, back in the early 90s and then ran a record label myself under Universal for about five years. 
Wow, so. you've had quite quite an interesting career. Uh, <laughs> yeah. while, we're, while we're talking about it, tell tell me a little bit about um, your experience before you were even an adult um, with the internet and and online business. So, um, so the very first record business or record company I created um, was, um, back in the late eighties. And I'd never worked in the business before. This was when I was at the, uh, the age of 17. And and I moved to Manhattan at that time, I was living in, uh, the suburbs of New York and Long Island. And I, um, I decided I really wanted to focus on that career. I went from recording my first solo album to then producing other artists in the same studio that I recorded my album. So now I think back and I think, wow, how did, how did these people, um, how did I convince them to let me produce them? I, I was just fresh out of doing my own album about a year or two ago. And, and, uh, and now I'm a producer. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I guess at that age, you just want to move fast, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's, that's fantastic. But I ran. Yeah. So what happened was, and hello, hello, Claudia, by the way, good to see you. Um, I, um, uh, I guess uh, being the uh, entrepreneur that I saw that I was, I wanted to um, create other streams of revenue. And I was uh, not only very into music, but I was also into technology. Um, I built my first PC at around that time. I was, um, I created a, um, you know, I was very into CompuServe at that time. CompuServe was uh, fascinating to me. It it allowed you through your very sm slow modem to get in there and and go into forums and chat with people. You could book travel. You could buy stuff. You could do all sorts of stuff. And I could I got lost in there. I was like, wow, this is great. And then I decided I want to be part of this movement. I want to create this kind of online experience too. So I learned a. Uh, uh, coding on my own. And at that time, I was learning C plus and um, learned how to build a program that allowed to allowed you to do similarly what CompuServe, Delphi, Genie and the others were doing, allowing multiple people to come in and uh, and function on the, uh, the service. So I had about 100,000 subscribers at that time, which was nothing in comparison to CompuServe's million that they had, but I wasn't backed by H&R Block like CompuServe was. And um, and then I, it was just a case of, uh, you know, I did make some money, it did help supplement the record business, but it was a case of uh, bad timing because at that point, America Online was coming in, AOL, and they really disrupted the industry because for any of you guys old enough to remember that period of time, everybody was charging on an hourly basis. And the reason why we charged on an hourly basis was because we had to pay for the incoming lines to give you local access numbers. When you were using those local access numbers, we had to pay by the minute to the carrier. And so, for example, if you stayed on for all day or you forgot to hang up from the online service, we have to pay that bill. So we had to charge you. Well, AOL came in and they said, all right, no more hourly fees. We're going to charge you a flat monthly fee. And I think their, their first one was like 1999 or 1995. And that was like, whoa, how can we do that? Because if Ross is on there all, all night, all day, and we can't disconnect him, I'm going to go broke on 1995. <laughs> That's not going to be enough. And it wasn't for a lot of others, Delphi, Genie, Prodigy, and um, 
AOL really kind of killed everybody at that stage because they um, they they took that risk. They probably lost a little money. Um, and uh, yep, see, Barb, Barb remembers, and Barb and I talked about this story because she's from back in the day too. So um, so then uh, it really changed everything. And, um, and so a lot of us uh, moved out of it and AOL grew, uh, but that was my, those are my humble beginnings in the business. And it's interesting because where we are today with the internet and with websites and the, you know, the, the nature of the, of the online communities that are created aren't very different than what Barb was saying about back then in 1985. We, it hasn't, it hasn't changed. It's just the platforms have changed. Yeah. And so I guess then you couldn't imagine that in 2017, you'd be hanging out in a live streaming community and <laughs> the main way to connect would be on live video and everybody would have their own show or their own broadcast, whether it was on a platform like be live TV or using a mobile phone or whatever. I mean, the idea of a mobile phone wasn't uh, wasn't even in the in the picture back then. Um, so let's talk real quick. Uh, just an overview. You you've been in marketing now for for quite some time, and you have some great experience with that. And you started doing a show, and and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on live stream news is I think you're doing a really groundbreaking broadcast. Um, just recently, yeah. Periscope came came up with Periscope Producer, which allows you to connect, uh, you know, broadcast equipment to Periscope and do a more professional style broadcast versus a, a cell phone broadcast. Not that there's anything wrong with doing a cell phone broadcast, but this is sure. allows you to broadcast from your desktop and use software and so forth. And you you're basically doing every morning the kind of uh, kind of marketing minute marketing uh, tips and things that you would share with your agency. And it's almost like tuning in each day is like watching a, a course. You know, it's like going for a different lecture on business or on on marketing. Where did you you come up with the idea or or what led you to believe, okay, what I'm doing with my team at work would translate well to uh, doing it on Periscope and doing it in a produced fashion as you're doing? Well, great question, Ross. So first of all, I got to say that it's uh, it's challenging because I recognize that there are a lot of people using live streaming, using the internet to talk about marketing and whether it be marketing, branding, social media marketing, influencer marketing. Um, it, it's almost, it, it's almost become, uh, gotten to a point that, uh, it's reached a point where there, it seems like so much noise. Everybody's on there talking about marketing. And so people are like, ah, I don't want to hear about marketing anymore. I just want to, just want to go there and have fun. The, the problem that I, and I've said this very openly and candidly before is that there are a lot of people that really are not um, equipped or the experts that they claim that they are in marketing to be talking about it. And that's what's kind of a shame uh, because um, there's some of us that actually have worked in marketing and advertising legitimately for a number of years um, for agencies, for large brands that are bringing that, um, that experience. And then there are a lot of others that are kind of cluttering the the space with something they learned just about a few weeks ago you know <laughs> and uh so that that so for, first there's that challenge and that obstacle so it's an obstacle to 
creating a fan base because I think a lot of people have been burned by seeing these so-called experts out there talking about something they hardly know about. But that that aside, um, what I hey Zeph, my my good friend Zeph San. Um, but with that aside, um, at my agency and even at the agency that I worked at previous previously to this, um, every morning in the production meeting, um, I've had a tradition of doing a daily insight. And I thought it was a great way. It wasn't something I created completely on my own. I'd, I'd seen another agency do that for their staff before to kind of start the day. And I thought, oh, that's, that's really cool. They didn't do it in the same structure as I do it, but something like that. And I decided, okay, it's a great way to get everybody kind of jonesed and inspired for the day and giving everybody a little bit of dose of knowledge so that when they're talking to their clients, um, or they're working on something. Um, I've given them a little bit of uh, a little a little nugget that they can apply right away, as opposed to overloading them in the morning. Um, and so right. I then decided that, well, um, I was live streaming. I was I started with um, the first show, which was the uh, marketing midweek wrap up. And uh, and then added interviews to it where I, I interview uh, different uh, authors and, and experts and so forth. And then I thought, you know, I, I want to do something on Periscope, but I don't want to because I'm not a big believer in being redundant and doing the same show on every single platform. And I know some live streamers do that. And, and, and that's fine if that's part of their strategy. But for me, I feel like every platform should be handled differently because people use different platforms for different reasons. Um, and their different audiences. So I decided I'm going to use Periscope to do the daily insight to just give them a little nugget of what I gave my staff because it do, does two things. One, it um, it it gives uh, like you said, kind of a little a little dose of education, uh, right. marketing on some kind of aspect, and and also it's helping to. Uh, promote my show on the other platform. So if you saw me on Periscope, but you've never seen me on Facebook, you might come over to Facebook now for the other shows and, and perhaps vice versa. You, you follow me on Facebook and now you may uh, be going to Periscope to follow me there. So it's helping with, with cross audience promotion as well. Are you Thank you, Ricky. Are you finding, hey, Ricky Prime is here. Uh, are, are you finding a different audience uh, between Periscope or a different community, different reactions in the comments? What are you noticing that's different between broadcasting on Periscope and broadcasting on Facebook Live? So uh, Periscope, by the mere nature of the platform, uh, is open up to is open to a large international audience, and there is some there is some noise there. There are some some people that are not really serious. They just stumbled on it on your uh, on your scope because maybe they like what you look like, or the or the subject title, or the emojis you use seem kind of interesting. So they want to peek in to see what you what you. I mean, I'm being honest, right? And they peek in and see what you're doing. Then they're like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> This is what I really want, and then they leave. So there's a lot of that, a lot of in and out happening. But then there are some people that stay. They're like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. I, I've never seen this guy. Never, never listened to him before. I, I, I'm into this. Okay, you know what? I'm going to follow him, and I may follow him all the way to Facebook. So um, the discoverability, um, I really like. I really like that aspect uh, to Periscope. Now, Facebook Live, um, I've cultivated a good audience and a community, I call it. I have a, uh, as you know, Ross, I have um, a Facebook group 
dedicated right. to the show, a fan group, I call it. And then I have the page. The fan group is used more as a community because I consider those that that come to my uh, show, watch the show to be friends. And we we know a little bit about one another. We've done after shows and and they and for example, the marketing midweek wrap up is at seven o'clock. It used to be at eight o'clock before it moved to seven because I put a poll out to ask everybody what time slot do you like better, and they decided they like seven o'clock. So that's the stuff that I do in the group. So there's more of an intimate community that uh, that I have on Facebook Live and Periscope. Um, some of that community uh, comes over to Periscope, but for the most part, there are a lot of new people. You, you do know I have the seven o'clock time slot reserved on Mondays and Thursdays. So if you decide oh. to expand, <laughs> so, so we'll have to we'll have to change that. You, you didn't check that with me, but uh, for now I, I can grant you Wednesdays. Wednesday is the day I'm least likely to do it. <laughs> it's seven o'clock Wednesday nights. If Ross has a show, go there. Okay, so now serious question. Uh, Barb asks, are you expecting Periscope and Twitter Live convergence anytime soon? Uh, you know, there's a lot of rumors about that, Barb, as you, you've heard too. And um, I, I do, I do, I don't know if saying that I expect it sounds very, uh, uh, very optimistic and, and sure of myself. Um, I would like to see that. I think that it would be a good move, but there's a lot of things at play for Twitter at the moment. And they are really scrambling in some ways to figure out um, how they can um, how they can find their and continue to have a unique voice in this space through all the troubles that they've had. And the next move that they make, whether it's the merge or integration of Periscope and Twitter Live, or uh, if they expand their 140 character limit, whatever that move is, will either make or break them. So I think they're being very cautious about what they do. But yeah, I think um, I think Twitter has a great opportunity with the Periscope engine to merge those two together and make a Twitter Live. Um, I I believe personally that that would be the smart thing to do. Yeah, hopefully they won't miss this opportunity because, uh, like you say, this is really a crucial time. Um, you know, Joel Com yeah. had an interesting prediction in in blog post that we did with eighty eight predictions, and and Joel mentioned that he sees the stock price of Twitter dropping below ten dollars, and then Twitter getting purchased by a media organization. And you know, obviously, part of that is the fact that live video becomes such an essential part of Twitter. Do you see, do you see something like that happening or what do you think is the end game for, for Twitter? Because it's sort of, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not exactly capitalizing on the space that it had for itself and where it once was. It's got a little momentum now with live video, but it's, you know, Facebook yeah. seems to be the main place where people are going for live video. Like what, what do you think the, the long game is for, for Twitter? Well, um, one one option would be that it uh, the company changes hands and it becomes Trump Trump tweets. It could <laughs> it could be Trump tweets corporation, <laughs> um, but um, a non political answer would be that uh, perhaps um, you know perhaps they really need to look at you know how how they integrate live uh video in a way that's different than other platforms i mean you look at and i'm sure we'll talk about instagram and some others but you know instagram um has uh, implemented 
uh, live live video and live streaming, but um, but not in a um, not in a full downloadable capacity. It's 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 there for the moment and then it's gone. So they found a, a way to make it kind of unique to different differentiate themselves from other platforms. And maybe maybe Twitter needs to do the same thing to where they figure out how to leverage live video into their platform, which um, they have categorized themselves over the last year as a um, as a news app. So they used to be a social networking app and they recategorized themselves in the app store as a news app. And so, so I, I believe that was very deliberate in that they see themselves moving more toward that direction and maybe their live video needs to take that position, you know? Yeah, I mean, Twitter is the place that people still go when there's news breaking, when there's some major event happening, when something's going on and you want to find out right away what's happening or um, you want to talk about it right away. Right. Twitter's still that place. Um, But on a day to day basis, right, when when there aren't major events happening or when you aren't going there for the news, so much of what's on Twitter now is automated. Um, that they really the real engagement seems to take place either through live video that's essentially on Periscope, even if you're using Go Live, it's the, the Periscope framework, right? Or right. it's in Twitter chats. Those are the two places where people are still really engaging a lot with, with other human beings. Yeah, and and um, you know, the, the thing is that there uh, there are some people that are just not really into being on video or on camera. Um, it, and un- unfortunately, some people are just uh, afraid or they just don't like being in front of the camera. So they're always going to want to type something out instead. But there's a big um, population and especially your um, your Generation Zs that are, that are coming up right now that were tethered to their devices and, and inspired by YouTube celebrities from birth that um that may be more comfortable being on video than millennials and generation xers before so we may see that communication which has gone from contextual to emojis to maybe now uh video you know right right and you know there's a whole also a whole range of twitter users a lot of people who've never tweeted but their accounts aren't dead in, in the fact that they're constantly logging in and they're checking. They've, they're following, you know, news feeds, essentially. They're following news channels. They're following uh, commentators, opinion. They're following sports teams and things like that. So they're staying up to date on what's going on. They're just not actively participating in the conversation on Twitter. And I guess the question is, are they being counted when it comes to, <laughs> to you know, how you monetize certain things on Twitter or not? What What is their impact to what degree? Um, and, and maybe the, the future is, is coming up with some way that, that people can sell product right from their tweet or something like that. I don't know. Well, the other thing, too, is that I, I, I don't know if you're you know, your audience would, would think the same as, as me on this, but uh, I think that Twitter never, never made it a a very big deal or really instructed people very clearly on the use of lists. And the, uh, the Twitter experience changes drastically once you organize your, um, 
your your followers and and those that you follow rather uh, into lists because then you uh, there's a couple things one is making sure that you are following people that you're really interested in. And I think in the early days of Twitter, um, there was a lot of uh, misinformation going to brands saying, follow follow for follow. So if you want to increase your following base, follow everybody so everybody follows you back. The problem is that um, that was misinformation. Someone should have told them at that point that no, 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 no. You want quality, not quantity. It doesn't matter if you have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, if they're not quality and if they're all from like China, India, Ethiopia, nothing, nothing against those countries. But, you know, uh, they, they, they're, they're random uh, bodies and eggheads. And that, that isn't uh, what you need. What you need is quality. So, and you can see sometimes when, People have hundreds of thousands of followers and nobody's engaging with their tweets. It's, it's because it was overinflated. And so once, you know, once you're able, if you're one of those people that have those kind of accounts, it takes a long time to clean it down. But once you clean it and you organize it, organize them with lists, it's a whole different experience. And then those people typically are more engaged on Twitter. But the problem is I don't think that Twitter and others uh, really um, made such a big deal and explained that to people. People just kind of found out on their own. So we're talking with Wagner. On Twitter. Thanks. We're talking with Wagner Dos Santos, the host of Wagner Live Insights, Wagner Live, the marketing midweek wrap up, uh, his interview series, uh, and, and, also a marketer and marketing agency professional. Let me just take a minute to tell you about Summit Live. I'll be speaking at Summit Live February 22nd to 24th out in LA. It's the largest conference devoted to live streaming and there's still tickets available. And in fact, if you haven't uh, purchased your ticket yet, you're considering going, uh, there's a promo code down in the comments. Just click the link. It'll take you to where you can purchase. You can get 20% off using the promo code Ross brand. Uh, and if you'd like to uh, see more about it, just go to livestreamuniverse.com. There'll be a big image on the front page. You can click that. That'll take you to where you can find more information. Uh, again, livestreamuniverse.com. Use the promo code Ross brand or just click the link in the comments section and then enter the promo code when you're ready to get your tickets. So I hope to see you out at Summit Live in LA, February 22nd to 24th. Should be a great time. I know there's a lot of people from the live streaming community who are going to be there, and I'm looking forward to seeing for the first time in person. And Wagner, one of the interesting things about uh, live streaming is how cool it is when you actually meet people that you've known through live streaming in person and uh, I, I look forward to meeting you and, and so many other people from the community in person, uh, whether it's at Summit Live or it's at, a, at another conference. Um, interesting thing is you're like me very much desktop based in your live streaming. Do you do any do you do any mobile streaming or any streaming on the road? <laughs> Uh, good question. Actually, before I answer that question, let me tell you real quick that I'm planning and we'll talk about this offline, but I'm planning to be in New York, um, in the early part of March. Um, oh, nice. I'm going to be, uh, actually, I'm going to be staying with a friend in New Jersey in Baskin Ridge, New Jersey, if you know where that is. And I'm going to be there 
from the third all the way to, I don't know, the following Wednesday, whatever. I'm going there to hang out uh, there for a little bit, see some friends, see some contacts, also see Billy Joel at the garden. So we should definitely uh, hook up uh, somewhere. Yeah, while I'm there. definitely. And I'm in New Jersey too. So uh, we can even oh. meet up without needing to go into the city unless. Even better. Yeah. 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 That sounds Let's hop great. on the New Jersey transit and see you. Yeah. Um, so, so cell phone, uh, do you, you, do you do yeah. mobile? Do you do much mobile video? Uh, I haven't done too much. I've done a little experimentation here and there, but part of my plan for this year has been to set up my mobile equipment, which I have. I have uh, mobile gear that I can just get up and go. And um, what uh, what I'll share here on your show that I haven't shared uh, even with my, my listeners and viewers yet is Exclusive. that uh, you're getting an exclusive rust <laughs> only for you because I like you. Um, and so uh, my plan is to either under one of the um, uh, Wagner live uh, shows or, or something separate, I would be taking my tripod and my setup out to, uh, to talk about um, much, much like newscaster style. I would go out there with my, with my lights, my, my setup and go talk about something uh, as it's happening in, in the background. And um, uh, some of it um, I'm, I'm thinking that it would be, I would stay within the marketing aspect and uh, not go into uh, social or political or or other types of issues because then I think it I think one of the important things for brands and and my personal brand is to be consistent with my message. If I try to be all things to all people, then you just don't know what I'm about anymore. So Wagner Live should really be what it is. So I'd probably go out and talk about maybe a a, a new like for example, Wawa had come into Florida with a with a major uh, initiative of over a hundred locations throughout the state. At that time, if I was set up, I should I could have been out in one of the locations talking about uh, their big push in Florida, showing one of the Wawa's going up, or maybe uh, at another type of event or so forth. So there's going to be some of that this year too. A little bit of live stream journalism. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Covering plan, news plan, as it happens from from on location. Yes, and I'm prepared with my uh, my dual lav mics so that I can do some interviews on location. So it wouldn't be just seeing me. I might pick someone up um, uh, before I stream to see if they might want to be interviewed and and interview them right there for uh, for, for the fans. Now, when there's a hurricane, don't feel like you have to go out and stand <laughs> right in the midst of the storm like the news reporters do, just so you can say you were on site. You know, so, be a little bit like, safe at uh, least until awesome. you. <laughs> it's, a, it's very wet and windy out here um it, it's not safe for anyone to be out here no human being with any intelligence should be out here that's why i'm here reporting yes oops <laughs> our, our cameraman just got hit by a falling branch well that's good thing right. the camera's I, on a tripod i'll just keep going exactly i may die any moment ross <laughs> but i'm here reporting <laughs> yes, excellent. Thank you so much for being on the scene. Stay safe <laughs> out there. <laughs> First right. in the studio, he says, stay safe out there. Really, if you were concerned about me being safe, you wouldn't have sent me out the covers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is Wagner. Does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I know you're interested in um, VR and new technology and stuff. How do, how do you see that integrating with live streaming and what does that mean for, for content creators? 
Man, I'll tell you what, I, I talk about that often on my show and especially with CES just having wrapped up and no surprise to anyone that virtual reality and augmented reality were big showstoppers. I mean, everybody and their brother had some kind of VR goggle on display and for demo purposes. Um, What's interesting, I, I feel, is what they're not talking too much about now because it's very centered around gaming and, and fun, um, fun experiences, and it hasn't gone to the serious point yet, and understandably so because they need to uh, test it under these environments first. But the future of VR uh, brings a lot of opportunities for marketing, first of all, where I can create an immersive brand experience for somebody uh, wearing a goggle to where I would have had to spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, creating an event outside where you would uh, be exposed to maybe a pop-up or mobile uh, experience at a, at a festival or something. I can do that similarly with a goggle and maybe even with some uh, some sprays that are that are pumping out some different scents so that it can give you a, a full experience. Um, and the that's what what is exciting for brands. And then what's exciting for live streaming and for communications is that um, we are going to be able to move into a, an opportunity to um, feel like we are up close and personal. So imagine imagine us right now. Uh, I'm I'm looking at you on my screen, you're looking at me on my screen and, and the audio, but imagine if I could see almost like a hologram looking Ross in front of me and um, we could even uh, shake hands and uh, you know, we can maybe move in, maybe we're talking about a certain subject, we're talking about CES and you and I walk onto uh, an exhibit on CES together it, through the, through the uh, VR experience. Both from our That's, homes. Both from our homes. Both from our homes without having uh, even um, out of my space, out of my space. I'm going for <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, that's that's the that's really the, the future. I mean, the, the future is that um, and there, there, there are pros and cons to that. Right. Um, the the pro is that um, it's it, it's increasing the uh, visceral nature of the digital experience and communications to a level that is so close to reality. The downside is that it's not reality. And one could argue that it may interfere with our interest in, in reality, right? We've already seen kids that would rather text than pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Right. So VR's um, advancements may get to a point that you may want to just stay in your VR experience as opposed to really living actual life. So th there are some things to, to think about, but all that aside, uh, it's kind of kind of interesting uh, to to imagine what the future holds. Well, I wonder what it also does for like our thought patterns and how we experience reality and stuff. Because um, there's already you know the understanding that you can visualize things in your mind and and for your subconscious or whatever, it's almost like you've experienced them. So now, what happens when you enhance that to an even greater degree? Do memories from say virtual reality things start overwhelming memories from real life or what, what role does that play in processing? I, I mean, I think this is yep. getting beyond the scope <laughs> of two live streamers, maybe, but you know, it, it, it certainly is fascinating to contemplate 
what could be the implications of, of VR. But I'm sure yeah. people were, were doing, have been doing the same thing from text, from when there was TV. You know, every new every new step forward, there's always the resistance, right? And probably right. at some point, it'll be as much a part of our life. As, you know, why go to the store to try on clothes when I can see what it feels like against my skin? right here at home or whatever it is, you know, right. I can see if it's the right size, you know, through virtual reality. Um, yeah. Well, there, there was a guy um, that I saw on the news who was interviewed uh, at CES and he was talking about the, um, the risks with VR that you're, you can be within your goggles for such a long period of time that when you take them off, you could be out of touch with reality and it may take right. a little while to adjust and that there could be problems with the longer you wear a goggle, the more difficult it is or the longer it takes for you to adjust when you take them off. The augmented reality um, glass and goggle developers, their argument is that, hey, well, that won't happen as much with us because you see you see the actual world through our goggles. We just put a layer um, and augmented reality is really putting a layer uh, on what is part of real life, kind of like Pokemon Go did um, right. for, for players. So, but then one could argue that that layer and seeing things crawling on walls and stuff that normally aren't crawling could give you some LSD flashbacks, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, with Pokemon Grow, you had people wandering into traffic. You had people getting robbed sure. because they were following some imaginary uh, object yeah. or whatever. Somebody came up, picked their pocket. I mean, it's there like are downsides on to not being aware of your surroundings. I know we don't have like you know necessarily wild animals chasing us in the you know suburban <laughs> and urban areas and stuff, but uh, it's still kind of good to keep looking out about. The, the real world while you're out and about right <laughs> it was crazy yeah we, we we saw we saw just a little taste of what uh the future holds for human beings walking around like zombies uh because of technology and it was like everybody was was messed up on drugs <laughs> <laughs> so when you look to live streaming in 2017 or you know if you want to expand it to social video and tech and vra or whatever that might be or platforms what excites you about where this this live streaming thing is going in the in the next year you know what excites me the most is probably what excited me about um back back in the late 80s early 90s with online services and then going into the internet and 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 where we are today with you know social media um, which was the ability to connect people from all over the world that would not have been connected otherwise. That thanks to these uh, technological advancements and innovations that we have the ability now to befriend people and to expand our community well beyond um, the environment that we, or, or the areas that we live in. So, um, live streaming and live video now offers another uh, aspect. I, I really believe live streaming is very akin to social media marketing. It's the next level of social media marketing because social media um, allowed us to um, not only communicate with people that we know in the real world, but also connect with people from other parts, uh, other states, other countries that we would have never met otherwise. But we were connecting with them through text, through images, through through 
exchanges. Now we can connect with them like we're doing right here by talking and being on video and, uh, and, and, you know, connecting everything else together with live streaming. So it's much more personal and much more relevant. I think that, you know, we talk a lot about, and, and certainly my industry does because I'm in marketing and advertising about the benefits of live streaming for brands. But, you know, how about the benefits for just the average person who just wants to hang out? You know, right. um, there's, uh, in fact, if you look at uh, Facebook Live's commercial spots, they don't show professional broadcasts or brands or anybody. They, they're totally pushing the casual uh, smartphone, tablet. Uh, I'm going to go live right now and show some goofy thing I'm doing because that, that's really what they're trying to push, even though there's right. a lot of us that are, you know, putting these shows on. Uh, they really want to get people accustomed to, hey, share your experience. You know, what, what are you doing right now that you would like to share with your friends? Don't write about it, live stream about it. Right, right. Uh, there's so much in what you just said that's so valuable. Um, I'm not even sure which direction is best to go with it, but here's what I, I, the thing that's, that's, that's coming to me is basically you made it sound like live streaming is going to become a business necessity, right? Like if right now you can't not have a social, I mean, you can in certain businesses not have a social media presence, but in general, right? The average business is going to, the average business, uh, you know, across industries is going to have some sort of website and social media presence and all that. Will will uh, eventually live streaming become just another marketing channel, just like uh, social media and websites and all that? Or will it still be sort of a specialist thing that a few companies here and there do well, other companies use on occasion for some special event or something, and then the vast majority of businesses almost never touch? I, I would add a number three to those two okay. options. I, I, I would say this, that, you know, you, you're saying about social media, whether or not it's a necessity for, for brands and businesses to be in. I believe social media is as much of a necessity as it is for businesses and brands to network. You know, mm -hmm. if you have a business and you're not out there meeting people and networking, then, um, you're never going to grow. You need right. to be out there. And so social media allows you to do what you do offline and replicate that online. And, um, and so it's, it's really the same principle and the same philosophy. So, so to that, I say, yes, very important that you, you also have a social media presence of some sort, not to use it to blast people and poster things, buy, 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 sell, 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 but to, <laughs> for, for people to get to know you, right? right? Brands and marketers and advertisers make this mistake all the time. Every time they find a medium that's available, they're like, oh, great. I'm going to load that up with my, my, my stuff. <laughs> no, no, because you're just creating more noise. What you want to do is you want to use that medium to engage and communicate. Now, live streaming, I think I said a I said I was going to make a, a third option for you in that I, I don't I don't necessarily look at live streaming as far as a business medium. I look at it as a as another social communications medium and that um, we're going to see it become more and more the norm for how people communicate communicate socially with families, with, uh, with friends and, uh, with people that they don't know and they're meeting for the first time and businesses that want to connect beyond what they're doing offline and through social media will also use that medium to engage and create relationships. Those will be the successful businesses and brands that don't go on there and start polluting 
right. because that they won't get anything returned. But instead, they're jumping into that communication channel as well and also creating relationships between them and the brand. And I think at its most effective, when you talked about the different things that social media does, um, live streaming kind of does it faster and deeper. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you build that connection. You feel like you get to know a company a little bit, a brand a little bit through social media. You feel like you get them to know them a lot when they're live streaming and they're interacting right. and engaging and taking questions and all that, you also get to feel a sense of trust and a sense of uh, community with, with a brand or a business in a way that you don't through just images or, or, or text, I think. Absolutely. I mean, um, the mistakes that I think some brands are making with um, hello, Vicky, by the way, my friend, hello, Jenny Q and everybody else that I didn't say hello to earlier. Um, the mistake that I think a lot of brands make both on social media and, and on live streaming is that they um, they feel like they have to be polished and they have to have their script ready and it needs to be very professional and very filtered. The truth of the matter is uh, people really connect with brands that are real, that are um, that that make mistakes, that um, that show their flaws, because that's what human beings do. And the minute that brands uh, start acting like robots and not like human beings is when human beings don't connect with brands. So when uh, my advice to brands when they're live streaming is, uh, you know, be a little bit more casual, you know, just, uh, you know, it's okay if you mess up, don't feel like you got to cut the stream and you got to redo it. You know, it's okay if you make a little mess up because people are going to connect to that and say, oh, these guys, I can connect with them. They're real, just like me. I, I thought it was great with what Wendy's did um, through Twitter. And um, I would love to see uh, brands do this on live streaming where uh, Wendy's social media team started uh, responding to all these people that were bad mouthing uh, Wendy's and saying that I went to Wendy's and their, you know, their burgers, uh, you know, didn't taste as good as McDonald's right. or blah, blah, blah. And, and instead of them giving a very professional, oh, we're sorry that you felt that way, you know, please contact customer service and we'll give you a coupon. No, they, they, they started uh, ragging them. They, they started saying, oh, really? So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I forget verbatim what they were saying, but they were, um, uh, they were roasting the, uh, the people that were criticizing them. And it was funny and it was great and people loved it. You know, because right. it was just a little tongue in cheek. And um, and so doing that on video, I think, would would definitely resonate as well. Don't don't be so polished on the platform. Use that opportunity to be like, hey, you wanted to know what the brand is like. These are the people that work at the brand. We're just like you. We're right. normal people, you know. And, and so, you know, obviously, when when people in just their personal lives stream and they're just streaming to their friends, to their family, to, you know, people who are social contacts and stuff, those tend to be very, very informal, like even much more informal, much less thought out, all that. Um, I don't think businesses are, are necessarily going to take it to that extent. Right. I mean, there's still going to be some vetting. There's still going to be part of a campaign or part of a strategy. Um, sure. what do you like sure. when you see people streaming who aren't doing it for business or even to build a personal brand? What kind of streams do you enjoy when it's just a person communicating something they're passionate about or sharing an event with friends or sharing, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a personal moment or something? What do you what do you enjoy when, when somebody's in that that mode? 
Well, you know, uh, I know Ricky Prime was here uh, a little bit ago, and I've always been a fan of what he did in, on Blab and what he continues to do uh, now on Facebook Live and other platforms where he's just kind of giving you a day in the life of Ricky Prime, you know, and uh, and you got to love uh, his laugh. And when he's got this uh, he's got this natural laugh he, when when he really thinks something's funny and, um, you know, it's it, you're getting you're getting to know this individual and, and what makes him tick. And, you know, he would just, I, I had seen him uh, in his early beginnings to date in so many different environments and uh, you know, um, indoors, outdoors. And so that, that kind of stuff is fun. And uh, people that um, you know, people that are kind of giving you a glimpse into their lives because there, there are people that there are people that have very interesting lives, you know, there's some people, you know, sometimes we think, Oh, just the Hollywood celebrities and those people, they have interesting lives. No, not necessarily. In fact, I think reality TV has taught us that there are some ordinary people out there that have some kooky lives or interesting things that they do. So it's really fun when they get on camera and you get a little glimpse of what they're doing. So I kind of, I I like, I like people like that, that are, I like people like that, that are being real and uh, creating, um, creating uh, interesting live streams and not uh, trying to fabricate it. You know, not trying to. One of my big things is a lot of uh, a lot of people out there that uh, have been uh, producing uh, these kind of streams now feel like they have to be content producers. So, oh, I got to produce content. No, right. <laughs> don't think about it as producing content. Think about it as turning on the camera and having fun. How about that? Right. Forget the same that I got to go out there and produce content. Sounds like um, I got to go to the hospital and conduct a surgery. That doesn't sound interesting. <laughs> it starts to become a chore then, and and then eventually it's not going to be enough fun for people to want to keep going. Um, and and by the way, just a casual conversation or an interview or a discussion or talking about something that's interesting to you and you know you're passionate about that is content. It's just not mm-hmm. okay. Uh, I'm going to strategize it down to the to the lowest, you know, to every single degree and every single step. And um, right. Right. You know, I'm learning like I used to I used to like not want to go live until everything was set up. Like, can I hit mm-hmm. that mark? Like, you know, Blab had that record button and that was perfect for me. Right. And right. now I'm realizing that half the fun is just chatting informally before the show, chatting after the show, whatever it might be. Um, it, yeah. It's just it's just a, a joy to spend time with different people who you might not be able to to meet up with in person in real life, or you might even not likely talk on the phone. I think people still do talk on the phone, but not so much anymore. Right. But um, I, yeah, just I ask mean, my my live stream friends, uh, yeah. Ross. Sorry to interrupt. You know they, they'll they'll tell you that they they long for the for for the after show, the Wagner after show, and uh, some of them um, some of them really really come by because they want the after show. It's like okay, when Wagner's done with that marketing stuff, we'll have the real fun. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I have to figure it out. So I'm using Be Live uh, TV for for an interview for just the second time, and uh, I kind of have to figure out how do we can we do a post show because I would like you know when the show ends to stay on a little bit longer, but I also kind of mm-hmm. like having it contain the contained recording. So I have to figure right. that out. But at least we did we did a few minutes of pre-show. So I'm opening up to the <laughs> idea of 
you know, it's okay if that's there's longer on the record than what's the actual show show or the actual interview. Um, sure. But that was kind, sure. of, was kind of cool about Blab is that you had that record button, so you'd have your show, but then you just turn off the record button and you you hang out and just chat and joke around and. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, people just drop in and they come on. You bring people on camera and the whole thing. Um, yep. So, so as, the as things much that as I've done, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go I was going to say one of the things I've done with the the fan group is that that is the destination for me to do the Facebook live streams, and mm -hmm. then they're saved raw there, right? I, I don't edit it; I leave it the way it is. Then I do edit the shows and put it up on my video library, um, on my website, on YouTube, and then on the Facebook, li uh, the Wagner Live Facebook page. That one is very clean, has edited videos and all that. But the, right. the fan group, if you want to get kind of behind the scenes and see all the mistakes and, and the extra extra conversation, that's what happens in the group. So it gives so a the reason original for goes to be there. there. The original yeah. goes to the group, and then you right. share it from the group elsewhere but what goes on youtube and goes on your website and all that is the formal show right. <laughs> the edited right. show interesting exactly or as gary v would say show the show, show. <laughs> <laughs> today on the show that's it <laughs> so anyway if anybody has any questions for wagner uh we, we got so many great people here vicky fitch is here anna is here uh barb is mm -hmm. here Claudia For Santiago sure. has been here throughout. Alfredo, Jenny Quinn. Uh, who else? Who else has been here? Uh, just great, great people. Jeff Adams is here. I, I yes. missed. I missed Jeff. He said we were part of the live stream mail calendar. Not any calendar. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, Ross. I, well, I forgot to tell you, Ross. Yes, it's coming out this summer. Remember, remember that time I told you to uh, change shirts? Well, I had a camera crew come out and take pictures as you were taking off your shirt. So Excellent. we're going to be on that counter. <laughs> That's not going to sell a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I didn't know you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some Vicky Fitch, too. Yeah, yeah Vicky Fitch. Awesome. It's great. Uh, so many great the, people. Yeah, it's been great doing uh, He Said, Reg Said with her uh, as her fill-in he and um, you know she's uh, she's a lot of fun. I'm hoping to finally meet her face to face as well. Yeah, and Claudia. Claudia does virtual a great group show. hugs and high fives to all. I can't wait to meet Vicky uh, and Claudia, and maybe some other folks as well who are who are watching at Summit Live. So that Let's should Ross. be a good time. Ross, that's nobody <laughs> wants to see that. I clicked that by accident. I totally clicked that by accident. <laughs> You see, if you go to click off the comment, but it's no longer the last comment, then you click on uh -huh. to the next comment because they keep they keep moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you could do that. That's true. I think we've moved into after show mode, but uh, happy to take any questions if uh, if anybody has any questions. Uh, you know Wagner. Yeah, everybody here knows Wagner really well. He is the host of Wagner Live. You can find his website at Wagner.live on Twitter at Wagner Live Show is the new handle. And that's also the Periscope handle. And you do Instagram as well or no? No, no. Periscope is just Wagner Live. It's a little just confusing. Just Wagner Live. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't okay. get Wagner wrong. Live on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't get it on Twitter. Otherwise, it would have been consistent. So. Oh, okay. Um, so Wagner Live on Periscope. 
where everybody can go watch the Wagner Live Insights show on Monday through Friday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Perfect. That's it. That's right. Yeah, yes. but feel free if anybody's got any questions, I'd be glad to to answer them. Um, uh, ask me your toughest question. I'm I'm good with that. Try to stump me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, we're gonna play stump the Wagner. Stump the Wagner. <laughs> First person to get it right wins a free trip uh, to their right. kitchen. It doesn't mean I'm a stump. It means just try to stump me. <laughs> stump the Wagner. That's right. <laughs> Well, thank thank you so much, Wagner. This has been a, a blast. Uh, I definitely want to have you back on on live stream stars and get and talk about some uh, some non live streaming stuff and non tech stuff as well. Um, but th- this was great. I love what you're doing. Your professional approach to broadcasting, but also very down to earth, um, very relatable, and and you really provide a lot of valuable insights on your insights show and on your interviews. So. Uh, again, it's really awesome having you on. Thank you very much. And Ross, it's, it's always a pleasure. I've, um, I've known you for quite a bit now and, uh, through live streaming and respect what you do. Um, and I know that the entire live stream community, um, really values, um, how you have been able to, uh, promote and document what we do as a community. And, um, and I think it's, it's very appreciated, very commendable. And, uh, you too, you're, you're, you're a great guy. Enjoyed having you on my show. And, um, I, I believe you'll, you'll continue to be very successful. Thank you so much, Wagner. And, uh, we do have a question for you. Vicky sure. Fitch asks Wagner, what famous six foot redhead will you meet next week? Yeah, that's a good question. It could hmm. be it could be the female green giant, but no, that's green. So that would be red. It might it might be Vicky Fitch. It might be really? Vicky Fitch. Very yes. interesting. I, I, I believe that I I will be meeting Vicky Fitch in person uh in South Florida on, on her trip here. So we uh and it'll be shortly after she lands from the West Coast. So we don't even know what what condition she'll be in, if she'll be falling asleep on me, but uh, she has a lot of energy, so I don't know. So I think I think she'll I think she'll be good. Maybe I'll be the one that's tired. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> no updates next week, no shows next week. Uh, I'm going off the grid for most of next week. I will be back on the 23rd with updates and with live stream stars. Brian Kramer is the next guest we have Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, join us at rossbrand.live. And thank you very much, and have a great night, everybody.